Welcome to Bleeding Edge Interviews. I am your host, Super Dave. Thank you for joining me as I spend some time talking to the people responsible for all the amazing music you hear on Bleeding Edge every Saturday on Toxic Radio. This is where we get a little bit of insight into the minds of the people who are making the choice on a regular basis to deviate from the norm and push the boundaries of hard rock and metal. Well, if you followed the ascendant career of one Ross Jennings, primarily known as the frontman of Haken, then you probably heard watching a trajectory that is exceedingly upward bound. He's popping up all over the place. He's become part of projects left and right. He is a voice very much in demand out there in the world, not just a prop, but in music in general. And the future, I think, holds so many things for this gentleman. And we're going to talk a little bit with him and find out, hey, what's been going on, what's on his mind, and what he's got coming up in the very near future. So welcome now as I have an extended conversation with Ross Jennings. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome with me, a man who is incredibly busy these days. Uh, It seems like he's got his name popping up in all kinds of places. Most of you will know him primarily as the frontman of the band Haken, uh, as well as now he's got a solo album going these days, a solo career launched, and now he's uh, joined a law firm by the name of DiVirgilio <laughs> Morse and Jennings, LLC. No kidding, they're not a law firm. They are, in <laughs> fact, what one would probably call a super group, and they've got an album coming out February 25th called Troika. Welcome with me, Ross Jennings. Welcome to the show, Ross. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure. So I uh, talk about this music finally. We've actually been keeping it a secret for a while until the uh, first single dropped, you know. And uh, so then we're finally able to talk about it, you know. So it's really cool. Yeah, good yeah I'm thinking you were keeping secrets from me when I talked with you over the summer because that, Possibly. I'm thinking it was in production at that point in time, yes? Yeah, I think it would have mostly been in the can by then, but it was all hush-hush, yeah. yeah. That's okay. Yeah. I don't mind. <laughs> I like the surprises because yes, this, this kind of came out of the blue, did not see this one coming. Um, well, to be honest, no, neither did I. Um, <laughs> it was, you know, the, uh, just after Christmas in 2020 and I got an email from Neil, um, inviting me onto this thing. Um, and as a long term, long time fan of, of Neil and, and Nick, actually I didn't know Nick was involved at the, at the time of that email, but, um, mm. But yeah, as a, a huge fan of Neil and his work and Spock's beard, um, I was completely blown away to be even considered for this kind of thing. And um, I did not hesitate one moment to say, of course, you know. Um, so yeah, really, you know, um, like I'd been rewarded for something and uh, it, was, it was really cool. It's just it's such an honor. Yeah. I imagine that to be pretty amazing. I, I was going to joke and say it was so nice of you to take these two up and comers under your wing and make a make an album together with them to help <laughs> you know kind of promote them, help them become well known. Um, but yeah, I, I imagine um, from that perspective, it, it's got to be a little bit both exciting and exhilarating, and I can imagine a little intimidating when you're working with somebody you've admired like that for that long. Yeah, well, I found it um, really, uh, I don't know if humbling is the right word, but um, just just a great thing that Neil opened up the songwriting uh, to all of us uh, and to make this actually a collaborative album, collaborative effort um, in terms of the songwriting, because this, this could have easily been a, you know, a, a Neil Morse production with, with some singers, but um, yeah. 
yeah, he was very adamant to inc- incorporate and include uh, my writing and Nick's writing um, as part of the product. And I think it's given the album quite a nice eclectic um, bunch of songs. And uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a pleasurable listen for that reason. You know? Right. Yeah, I know. Uh, in other interviews, I, I Neil has mentioned the idea in his mind that got this brewing was three-part harmonies as being kind of a focus uh, of the the yeah. writing and the mix and, and this kind of Crosby, Stills, and Nash mode. And that was part of his inspiration. Um, now, one, I, I think you guys nailed that, to be perfectly honest. I, I literally, before I even heard that part, had compared what I was hearing, especially um, I think uh, Everything I Am, I had to remember the song title for a moment there, uh, was nailed it i mean the vibe was there um but i imagine too for for you coming in while a lot of this sound at least up to the songs that have been released so far is is in tune with a lot of what you did with a shadow of my future self i'm imagining you may have brought some other influences into this that are different than you than how you approach the solo album can you talk about that a little bit like what what influences maybe were different this time around yeah, I'll, I'll try and structure my answer appropriately um, because there's so much to say on this. I, um, you know, I have, gener- generationally speaking, Crosby, Stills and Nash weren't in my kind of wheelhouse when I was growing up and getting into music. Um, this was music that my parents were listening to. <laughs> I actually have the Deja Vu album on vinyl here, which I stole oh, wow. <laughs> from my mother. But um, that that's really the that and the debut album is really the only material from the CSN um, uh, catalog that I'm that familiar with and I w- only would have really gone back and listened to that stuff later on in my you know quite recently but yeah. um, my influences come more I guess from the uh, a rockier side southern rock and quite into my country music um, s- some of that influence was as you said kind of on my solo album um, I was playing with a lot of three-way harmonies at the time I was writing that stuff so yeah so when I when I got the invitation to to write for this Troika album um, immediately I said well hey this is it's a funny thing because I'm actually I'm in that mindset right now you know I'm I, I love country music I've been writing this way and it just seems like it was perfect timing uh, to have me involved with that stuff, um, but of the songs that I brought to the table, um, I have—I actually had some Spock's beard influence in in my tunes, yeah. <laughs> uh, which which was a funny thing to kind of give back um, the influence to the uh, originators. <laughs> yeah, really. Anyway, it's a funny thing. Um, so yeah, I, um, Neil would have thrown around a couple of kind of references like Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and to me. The Crosby, Stills and Nash sound was more like an idea. I didn't yeah. really have anything to, you know, we just we certainly didn't want to plagiarize that sound. Oh, um, yeah. Although, yeah, we definitely nailed that sound in, on a few tracks. And um, yeah, that, like everything I am is certainly out of the Crosby, Stills and Nash songbook. <laughs> yeah, it could it, easily have been pulled from that era. And um, yeah, it sounds really. great. But yeah, I, I'm quite into uh, modern country music. There's a lot of kind of modern southern rock bands that are doing that kind of stuff. I love bands like the Fleet Foxes, for example. <laughs> um, hugely into stuff like, you know, Lady Antebellum, who are um, 
have great harmonies on their tracks. Little Big Town, well, that's kind of new stuff um, on the Nashville scene, you know. So, uh, so that's that seeped into my influence too. Gotcha. Well, don't don't let it out and be known, but this purveyor here of prog metal uh, on a radio show loves Fleet Foxes as well. So, <laughs> oh, there's nothing to be ashamed of. They're they're nah. such they're such a great band, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, all they're, they're almost progressive stunning. folk, I think, at this point in time, right? Certainly. Yeah. 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 Um, so that was kind of my, my question, too, is, is while, again, that, that reference of CSN is, is there, uh, certainly I don't hear plagiarizing, but what I hear is, uh, honestly, I, I'm not sure I've heard three-part harmony that lush since they were in their heyday that that's the part that i walked away from it's like what the these vocals are absolutely amazing what the three of you were doing um and honestly you know it's, it's with the history of of each of these three artists separately I, I wouldn't have seen it coming so it was pretty amazing but i i guess i wonder what it's like for you to hear that comparison when you know it sounds like you're a little uh, trepidatious in some ways to say, "Oh God, I hope people don't think we're plagiarizing intentionally." <laughs> no, because it's it's we you know we consciously had those influences, um, but it's really great foresight on Neil's part putting this product together. You know, this is this is his idea, and uh, it's a it's a union of three artists and songwriters doing stuff that's maybe not stuff they'd normally do in their regular bands. You know, so um, it is it is great to hear our voices together and the funny thing which which neil has spoken about in other interviews is that we didn't really hear how our voices would connect together um and how it would blend you know right until about six months into the process of wow. uh, you know demoing and recording this stuff there, there was a bit of a delay because i think neil switched his project project around and prioritized the neil morse band album and then, right. so there was there was a bit of a gap there but um yeah well Nick recorded his vocals quite late in the process, so we it was uh, yeah not until we heard sort of mixes first mixes of everything I am, I think was the first track um, wow. that we that we got back uh, that it all suddenly ah oh, this this was actually uh this actually sounds cool <laughs> who yeah. who knew you know it was a big gamble I tell you yeah really I almost I guess a moment of discovery I, I can only imagine you know, like going into this in some ways, almost blindly, like I imagine the three of you are working in three separate locations with everything going on, at least uh, my understanding, that's a large portion of how the recording went together then to yeah. think, wow, I wonder what this is going to be like. And then boom, be hit in the face with this and just going, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I have to say it brought a little tear to my eye when I first heard it all together yeah. because it was, uh, you know, as a fan <laughs> and, and someone who respects the other two guys, you know, um, and then hearing my voice in the mix, you know, that was such a beautiful moment. Yeah, it was. Wow. Yeah. Now, have the three of you had any talks at all about possibly recruiting a politically active curmudgeon who can be sometimes a member of the band? You know, your own little <laughs> Neil Morse, so to speak, or Neil Morse. Yeah. Well, we don't. Neil we Young. don't. <laughs> yeah, Neil. We, we won't. Um, yeah, let, let's not talk politics. <laughs> no, <laughs> but. Um, I was really surprised, honestly, that um, they didn't reach out to Ted Leonard, who's the other Spock's beard vocalist. <laughs> you know, so the fact that I was chosen for this, um, yeah, is is amazing to me. So maybe yeah. Ted Leonard could join us on something in the future. Yeah, you need somebody angry once in a while, right? <laughs> so, all right, well, that's I, that's it's been great. But uh, so what I'm seeing so far, at least the three songs 
we've heard. Um, but Julia and Everything I Am and the one that just came out, You Set My Heart on Fire. Did I get that right? Soul. Soul on Fire. Yeah. There was Soul on Fire. That's close. I should write these. Hearts on Fire is the, um, the great song from the Rocky Four soundtrack, which, <laughs> which everyone needs to hear. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Um, so I'm guessing that's pretty representative of the album, or is there somewhere along the line when we get to hear this, there's going to be this breakout proggy epic uh, that's going to pop up in the middle of this once your all your natures and your <laughs> your typical careers come to well, come to converge. It does get um, a little bit rockier as the album goes along. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyone who's feeling like it's a little bit cathartic and, and laid back, I mean that that kind of was the point. It is it is an acoustic album essentially. Yeah. Um, but as things sort of evolved, I mean, one of, one of my tracks called King for a Day has definitely more of a rockier edge. And there's a, there's a kind of Hendrix influence thing that Neil put in quite late in the process oh, as he, he thought that the, the album needed something a bit more rockier just to balance it all out. So, right. um, so yeah, I wouldn't say it's completely representative, um, of the, of the, of the record, but those, those tracks that we put up front, um, represented a composition from each member uh so everything i am was one of neil's julia was one of mine and right. you set my soul on fire with one of nick's and we thought that was the best way to kind of go out and put sort of our favorite songs out there first yeah it's it's really been impressive and i think what's the coolest thing i think for those of us that are already fans of the three is just hearing you guys stretch your muscles in directions differently than you've normally done you know like it was so easy to expect this to be you know, another Neil Morse band, another transatlantic or something along those lines. And this is yet something completely different. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, an, ex- is, it's yeah. an experiment. Um, really, uh, you know, I think each of us needed a little bit of a break from the day job. Um, mm-hmm. the stuff that I do, I can speak personally, uh, the stuff I do in Haken is, uh, requires a lot more attention to minor details and it's, it's 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 a longer process in in terms of songwriting really and mm-hmm. in, in the collaboration there but uh this felt a lot easier just to kind of pick up a guitar and strum something that's more emotionally driven rather than yeah. um intellectually driven you know uh so that i mean that was that was a, a really rewarding part for me uh, to yeah take that sort of step to the side and take a breather from um complicated music <laughs> <laughs> right and and uh, you actually touched on where i was going next was talking about that idea i know we discussed before about what the collaborative process is like within taken as well as you know your involvement with uh, scale the summit contributing vocals to a piece yeah. that perhaps was already put together and what that was like so when it came to this i uh, very different similar what was it like uh, in terms of working with Neil and Nick, that's different than what you've done before now that you sort of are a member of another band now. Yeah. Like, I mean, like I kind of touched on, there's a lot more relaxed. Um, We each submitted, I think about five songs each and uh, voted on our favorites. Um, In the end, there's three of mine, three of Nick's and five of Neil's just to beef it up to 11 tracks. Um, and yeah, I, I felt like I was given the respect, really, as a songwriter, to to put my ideas forward, and they weren't tampered with too much, you know. And with with in the regular day jobs, that 
everything's under scrutiny and, and everything's subject to change and uh, compromise. And I, I've gotten quite used to that in the other bands and it's fine. This is a completely different way of working. Yeah. But um, it was just lovely to have, to be able to submit a, ch- a couple of tunes of mine and then, you know, n- the week later, Nick's drummed on it, you know, and he's added his spice to it and it's, and Neil's played his parts on top and added some things and it's, it's like, wow, they've, uh, you know, they've really respected what I've uh, envisioned here you know? yeah. <laughs> and, and brought it up a notch even so. So, uh, so that was lovely uh, from a songwriter's point of view. Right. Yeah. I, it's probably in many ways, almost more similar to making your solo album where in a sense that you are yeah. the primary composer and things don't change a whole heck of a yeah. lot. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm always open to, you know, uh, feedback and suggestions sure. and comp- I, I will comp- make the compromises required, you know, um, yeah. and with Julia, for example, that, that was more of a collaborative, the final single released version. Um, yeah. It, that was a comp- uh, in a way a compromised and co-written song with Neil in the end because yeah he he felt my version was too long and would need to just kind of strip it down and make it a bit more pop I guess a bit more accessible um, so he rewrote the chorus actually for that one and that was a a nice way to collaborate with you know someone you really respect uh, yeah so really I was I was more than happy to do that honestly yeah and um, actually if you if you buy the like these first pressings come with a bonus track and which has my original oh, wow. uh, eight-minute version of Julia, actually. <laughs> so that's for anyone interested in how that started and how it evolved to the final piece, then that's, that's definitely worth a listen. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I definitely want to check that out. That uh, I'm always kind of curious about how things start and they evolve mm-hmm. and now they get to the end. So it's, it's rare that you get to see or hear, in this case, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a cool idea. I can imagine, too, that maybe in your years working with Taken, it's probably been seldom that maybe somebody's going, boy, that song's just too long. Seldom, never. <laughs> it, it always starts shorter and then <laughs> twice as long, unfortunately. <laughs> so nice. But it sounds mostly like, I guess, maybe what you've liked most about this project was it, it was, honestly, it sounds like it was almost done off the cuff, very relaxed, very much a focus on just kind of having fun rather than you know the three of you knocking yourselves out on a project you know absolutely absolutely i think we all came away feeling feeling that way and i guess the only sad part of it really was that we couldn't be in the same space together and you know performing this stuff around one mic for example or (laughs) uh you know um yeah just being able to knock uh, ideas around the room in that sense um that could, maybe that's a possibility for the future when the world's a bit more open up to yeah. travel. But um, yeah, that's that's what made. Um, I guess that's what makes this album unique <laughs> is that we've been able to pull this off remotely. Um, mm. But yeah, I would have loved to have been in Nashville to yeah to hang out with the guys and and write this stuff together um, as well. For- so. For what it's worth, listening to the mix, everything is so clear and the arrangements are such that nothing's overcrowding anything else. It just feels literally like I could be, I could turn it on, sound like the three of you are in the room with me. Um, that's what so I've liked the, about it. The album's mixed by um, Jerry Guidros, who's a longtime collaborator with Neil mm-hmm. and does a lot of um, 
work on on Mike Portnoy's drums as well, drum production on all Neil's records. Um, and he's actually worked with with Haken. He he mixed the Haken live album, and he he's been on tour with Haken in the past, so he knows my voice very well. Yeah. And uh, that was that was just a lovely choice um, for the for the mixing engineer position. Uh, to me, he's a good friend as well, so it's. That was really nice, and he did a really great job of of separating the parts and making it feel like we're all sort of in the round, you know, right, um, right. performing this stuff. Uh, so yeah, when you when you put on the cans, and listen to it closely, um, you can really hear that sense of space and where we all are in the room. It's it's, it's, it's beautifully done. Excellent. I'll have to make sure I do that. I've not listened yeah. to it at the headsets yet. So excellent. All right, so so now you've had a chance to work with uh, quote unquote a couple of the old masters, um, the, the, the long term old heads in the prog world and all that. Do you think there's anything you foresee you've taken away from this project that might adjust or alter how you approach future projects, whether from a musical or compositional standpoint, or maybe even from a technical standpoint? Yeah. Um... I certainly will come into things with a lot more confidence. I mean, this this project definitely has, and the solo album as well, has given me a lot of confidence in um, who I am as a songwriter and what I can contribute. Um, so that's that's my take from it all. But yeah, that, um, obviously listening to you know how how Neil and Nick have composed their pieces has been inspirational um, and worthy of analysis. You know, yeah. But every project's different, and the other styles of music i work on have very different approaches so um i think they can be sort of con- contained in their own little boxes in a way you know next time i do a solo record i'll probably be taking away things that i've learned from this experience but i don't think that would necessarily translate to work with haken and and my other side project novena actually wearing a t-shirt yeah um, they have a prog, prog metal band i'm in um so, is that uh, a takeoff on the Nirvana t-shirt? That looks very yeah, similar, yeah. similar in the font. There we go. It's, uh, yes. <laughs> nice. That's the uh, clock face from the album. Yeah. And in, in Nirvana style. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one of your, so it was letting that slip my mind when I spoke earlier because you basically are in three bands, not just two. Correct. Yeah. Currently. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's getting hard to keep track. You're getting like Phil Collins. <laughs> Well, that's not a bad uh, reference point, actually. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> Do we expect I mean, I, producing I, next? I was channeling a lot of um, Phil Collins' stuff when I was writing the solo album, actually. Um, oh, yeah. More, more, not as necessarily musically, but I guess more like energetically and, and what he represents and what he's, put, what he's done in, a, in his career. And um, that's a sort of almost like on my vision board for you know, where I see myself in five, ten years, you know. <laughs> Good running, running, to have. running Haken and having a solo career simultaneously would be a dream, you know. Yeah, really. Uh, I, again, not a bad person to emulate by any stretch, at least in terms of musical career, because uh, I can remember a time I was old enough, uh, definitely to remember the 80s, unlike maybe some people out there listening, but uh, Phil was everywhere for a while. I mean, yeah. literally, you referred to him as Phil. Yeah. Uh, he didn't need last <laughs> name anymore. Amazing. So someday maybe people are going to be referring to Ross. And not referring to anybody on the TV show Friends. Exactly. I was about to say, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could supplant him as the <laughs> Ross. So yeah. any any chance there's going to be future Troika projects? Have you guys talked about that yet? 
it's not really been discussed, but um, I'm sure we'd all love to, you know, if we can fit it in with our, in between our schedules, you know, our busy schedules. But uh, I think in general, we're just excited to see how it's received and, yeah. you know, if there's, if there's a market for it, yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I'd love to do more, yeah, personally. Nice. And I'm guessing too, you know, again, as you mentioned, schedules, Obviously, you've got a lot going on. I know Neil is a world-renowned layabout and really rarely does much of anything. Um, but is it too much to hope for some live gigs down the road? Maybe I don't think so. Um, you know, we've we've crossed paths the three of us a few times, um, specifically on around Cruise to the Edge, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's that's certainly a location where I, I can foresee us. Um, you know, our world's meeting and that being a possibility. Oh yeah, I'm future, sure that would be so, well received. But yeah, if it's if it takes catches on, then you know, let's well, well, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I'd love to. Yeah, I would, well, I would best, never, I would never pass that up. <laughs> well, best wishes with it. I I think it absolutely deserves a lot of attention, and I hope it it, it finds its place out there. Um, because again, three songs in, I'm sold. You know, cool. it, it's, it's fantastic awesome. to hear so far. That's great. That's great. Yeah. And speaking of live, that other band you talked about, Haken, <laughs> them. you guys are going to be <laughs> a couple months hence embarking on a tour for the first time in what, two years? Three? Yeah. I mean, we left Nashville where we heard the news that tour with Devin Townsend was canceled. That was March, 2020. Yeah. Okay. So it's going to be over just over two years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're heading out this time with another Prog Rock Giant Symphony X. Yeah. And we're also accompanied by a band called Trope, which I'm not overly familiar with, but I've been checking out a few of their bits and pieces and they're sounding like a good touring package. So, um, yeah. yeah, excited to do that. It'll be right after the next Cruise to the Edge um, set sail. And uh, when we're back, we uh, I think we'll be flying up to New York and then jumping on a bus and trekking the US. Yeah, with Symphony X, so that's uh, a really exciting thing for us. Yeah, yeah, very much looking forward to that. I obviously I'm familiar with you guys and Symphony X and Trope. I became familiar with last year mm-hmm. as well. Uh, did an interview with their singer, and mm-hmm. so probably be the first time I walk into a triple bill where I go, "Wow, I know all of these nice rather nice. well." Um, and and so I look forward to seeing you guys uh, when you hit the Keswick. So that should be. A really good show. I, uh, that should be enjoyable. Uh, when do preparations for that begin for you guys? When do you start your rehearsing? Do you, are you early birds? Or are you last minute guys? Um, I mean, we'll have some last minute production rehearsals, but yeah. I mean, I think we're all kind of beginning to now sort of re-rehearse this stuff. Um, we have a new keyboard player in the band as well, and he's... He's learned everything already, so, <laughs> so yeah. he's, he's ready to go. Um, he's ahead of all of us, actually. <laughs> yeah, a new new old keyboard player. New old, actually. correct. Yeah, Peter yeah. goes back to the, the very early, early days of Hagen. Matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, the only recorded work Hagen may have done that he was on was probably, what, the demo, uh, Enter the Fifth Dimension, right, or no? Yeah, so he, he was with us um, at the, you know, the conception of the band, and he recorded keyboards on well we, we kind of it was a fun it was collated as a de- one demo but it was a, we had two songs in 2007 mm-hmm. um and then four songs in 2008 and we kind of put them all on one demo together in the end 
Um, and that's what we tried to approach record labels with. Um, and eventually it was the, the Sensory Laser's Edge group who I think they heard a track mm-hmm. uh, on the Prog magazine and then and then heard the whole demo and signed us on for the first two records um, on, the, on the strength of that stuff. So, so yeah, he, he's played an important part um, in the early days of Haken and we are sort of looking at new material now and it's it's going to be very fresh sounding with with uh, Pete on board so we're, we're really excited about it going going forward now yeah yeah with him coming on board what uh, what should those of us who are fans expect to see that'll be maybe different or unusual with him what what does he bring to the band that hasn't been with it for a long time well there's a couple of points of references I can point um, people in the direction of uh, the Nova Collective, which was a side project with uh, Richard Henschel, guitarist of Haken, and um, just in case for those who don't know, <laughs> and Pete was in that group as well, and, and Dan Briggs from Between the Buried and Me uh, was on that involved in that project as well. So uh, that's a really cool album to check out, and you get to hear Pete's wizardry on there. Um, but also he's he's done a few sort of cameo bits on the last couple of Haken records as well, largely um, pertaining to uh, sort of glitchy drum effects and things like that, some some sound effect stuff. Um, so yeah, he's he's very in the mindset of of sort of sound production and as as well as being an amazing pianist. So yeah, uh, yeah, we'll that, check out um, some bits that he's done on those records and you get a, a glimpse a mere glimpse of what to expect yeah excellent so do i hear correctly you guys have started the process of uh writing for the next album is that right so there's there's some bits and pieces that we are sending to each other and um yeah in a couple of weeks we're going to meet up and like get together as a full band and actually start fleshing some of this stuff out so excited to uh kick start that again yeah, yeah. I can imagine it being yeah. a little bit of a challenge after that extended storytelling that was Vector and Virus back to back albums going back to, you know, something new. I, I'm, yeah. Maybe the, it's what, a continuation of that story. I don't know. Where do you guys think you're going with it? No, that, that story really came to an end at the end yeah. of Virus and we're not looking to really evolve on anything from those two records, but um um, there, you know, there is a larger picture with all the Haken albums, and they seem to intertwine in some way, in a very loose way. But um, so, yeah, there might be references to things. But uh, in general, I think the um, the consensus of the band is that yeah, we're sort of we've drawn a line there, and we're starting fresh. And yeah, yeah this could just be a bunch of songs uh, that are unrelated. You know, you know we 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 never know where mm-hmm. the, how these things turn out. <laughs> yeah. um, God forbid we do another concept album but you know knowing us it's likely (laughs) well i imagine there's that 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 bit of that balance there because as i'm sure you are well aware you know you got you 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 find your space as an artist and then people latch onto that in terms of fanhood uh, fanship and fanhood thinking of words here (laughs) and then there's an expectation that's generated so you're balancing, well, I want to do something and I know there's a little bit of an expectation, so I don't want to disappoint the fans, I guess. So how do you how do you find yourself trying to balance that? How much pressure do you feel as an artist to put something together that 
fans would expect and enjoy versus, hey, as you've done in the last year, stretch yourself in different directions that may be completely unrelated to what you've done before. Yeah, I think we're at a point we're not we're not really afraid to stretch even further. I mean, it, from my point of view, every album that we've done has touched on a, a different aspect of what was influencing us at the time, or you know, it just has a has a theme of some sort which is unrelated to the the, the record that followed it. You know, um, so I don't think we're too worried about you know shifting things up a little bit. There's always a strand of the 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 DNA in Haken was always the prog metal side, but yeah. there's there's so much more to what we do, and, um, and it, just excited to see where it's where it's going to take us next. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, no pressure or anything like that, but I mean, you guys have become one of the standard bearers when it comes to prog metal. I think these days, possibly, and don't don't certainly mention the guys in Symphony X that I said this because then they won't <laughs> talk to me. But you may overshadow them at this point in time, so that's that's kind of a big deal, you know, that you guys have really come to the forefront and and been given that level of accolades uh, where people expect great things. I mean, it's amazing. It's an amazing position to be in. I still think there's there's room to expand that on that, um, and we're, uh, we're in a great position where you know, yeah, in, if we are able to creatively progress then that's you know when if it ever becomes stagnant and we just start producing the same stuff over and over i I don't i wouldn't feel so um, great about that but Mm. yeah i i feel like we've got so much more to give still so uh, that's exciting to me yeah yeah i imagine that's always the challenge pleasing the fans not stagnating and pleasing yourselves and it's yeah uh it's not easy to juggle and, and very few people pull it off with grace. So I wish you guys luck as far Thanks as that so goes. I, I really am looking forward to what comes out next with everything that's going on. I imagine there's plenty of inspiration to write from. Yeah. We're ready for the next chapter. Can't yeah. wait. Yeah. Curious. I, I know in the past that uh, you guys have had a habit uh, once in a while of posting rehearsal videos on the social media for folks to see, you know, as you were building up towards an album, any, any thoughts of doing that again in the future and helping introduce Peter to everybody, or is that just the thing in the past yeah, I, that you kind of did I th- once? No, I think, um, you know, watch this space, you know, follow us and keep an eye on things because, um, you know, that it, we've always sort of, um, gotten away with not rolling the cameras behind the scenes. I've, I've always liked that sort of mystique. Yeah. <laughs> um, I personally have, you know, I am interested about how records are made and I do like watching those documentaries, but I'm not, I'm not always a fan of knowing everything about a musician's personal life and mm-hmm. what they had for breakfast before they recorded that solo and all that stuff. But, yeah. um, but I understand there's a place for it um, in the modern world and the way th- just to stay relevant, I guess um, it's important. So mm-hmm. yeah, we're, we've had discussions about this and, um, it, you know, it's probably likely that we will be more active on on you know social channels and things like that. So, uh, so yeah, keep an eye on things, and we'll hopefully give you some studio updates in the coming months. Yeah, would have thought. Yeah, excellent. Uh, and stretching back too, uh, again, because you've got a lot of irons in the fire, it seems. But um, the, with the solo album, uh, last we'd spoken, it wasn't out yet. There were a couple of songs I think I'd heard at that point. Mm-hmm. Maybe I actually maybe just the first one. Um, and since then, it's come out. 
wow, seems to have been really, really well received uh, in looking at the the media outlets that focus on that type of genre, at least the prog and prog metal genre, certainly absolutely uh, embraced it. Uh, you were getting nominations for, you know, album of the year and, and epic of the year for what a great category for prog um, for Phoenix. And with all that going down, you know, and you look back at it, how does that feel for you? And, and what was that been like for you over the, these last about six months or so to just see all that take place and happen as it has? I mean, it's amazing. It's been a lot of hard work yeah. um, to, to launch this thing, but um, yeah, it's paid off. It's been really rewarding um, to see, see all these amazing reviews. And, and like you said, being nominated at the end of the year for things and, um, you know, I was I was wondering maybe, you know, the Haken hadn't done anything that year. There was just that kind of gap. People were hungry to, to hear something from the Haken camp, you know. Um, but yeah, it's a different it's a different genre. Yeah. Um, I'm really pleased that people were able to see that side of me, and it's really nice to know that, that uh, there's there's demand for it. You know, I'd love, I probably will. I mean, I have another album's worth of material, sort of. Okay. waiting in the wings <laughs> um and i'm just going to wait a while to see if it still speaks to me in a, in a year or so but um but that stuff yeah i mean it's definitely something i want to pursue yeah. and um yeah uh, just seeing the reactions and the, the critics reviews um that have been largely very positive um yeah. it's, it's been yeah so heartwarming to me after all the efforts so yeah. and you know, a lot of that record was um putting a lot of personal stuff on out there and that sort of cathartic nature of um letting go of some of these emotions and so yeah in that in that sense that you know being vulnerable to the world and and it being received in such a positive way was was great yeah yeah uh, congratulations to you absolutely well deserved it's it is absolutely a fantastic album it's one of the ones i've listened to probably more frequently than most in the last year. And there's been no small amount of competition with you, especially looking in that area. There's been a lot of it's true. output, uh, yeah. whether it's just a convergence of people being due uh, or, you know, people in lockdown putting out albums and things like that. There's been a lot out there. So it's no small feat to get the recognition and the accolades that you've gotten. So uh, yeah, absolutely, I kind, man, congratulations. I, kind of said in, I said in 2020, um, you know, because I I felt that creative energy just it just happened. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, because I guess we were all sort of on that in that motion of, and then it's and then the world stopped. But some of us were still sort of on that frequency, you know, and wanting to create. And um, so I I said back then, you know, twenty twenty one is is going to be a such a golden year for music. <laughs> I think everyone is going through the same stuff. Mm-hmm. And everyone's feeling creative, and like bands are going to make the best records they've ever made, and stuff like this. And um, and I certainly felt that that was that was true on the for the most part. Um, yeah. Twenty twenty one, I I bought, I spent a lot of money on music. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. I couldn't keep up. Yeah, it, it just was coming out every week. Oh, I got new this. Oh, I got new this. Oh, yeah. I got new this. And it was all good. It was all good. Yeah. All good stuff. Yeah, it it just was quite an amazing year. Uh, in terms of that, I guess I'm kind of curious. It's probably one of these things I, I'd like to ask people. If you had to pick one classic album and one new album, 
Hmm. Let's say something released in the last year or two. Those are the only two ones you get to listen to on the desert island, the old desert island question. What are the two you're picking, you think? Don't we have streaming services now on islands? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Everybody nope. canceled Spotify. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just, it's just toughy. Um, I mean, are we talking just prog here or anything goes? Anything you want. I mean, I mean clearly I, you've got an interest beyond prog. Yeah. I mean, I, like, oh. I still listen to my old Aerosmith records and yeah. stuff like that. So that's, there's that. <laughs> um, you just scored points with one of my friends who adores Aerosmith. So yeah, I'll yeah. let her know. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. Um, tickets for those guys are way too expensive for me now though. <laughs> and you don't even get a good view. So yeah, that really. sucks. Um, yeah. You put me on the spot there a little bit. I mean, in the last couple of years, I've, I've been listening to so much stuff. I don't think there's a, like a particular record that's, necessarily stood out to me and as something I, I would sort of treasure for the rest of my life um there's like yeah there's just there's just so much but yeah. um how can i answer this i mean in recent years how recent are we talking the last couple of years is that what you're saying yeah last couple of years yeah. we'll say during the pandemic years <laughs> pandemic years yeah exactly wow um i mean let's see I mean, bands like, I mean, this is instrumental bands like Pliny have really stuck out to me. Um, even like some of my friends' groups like uh, Bentney, uh, their, their record last year was phenomenal. I really loved it. I don't know, it just, just took me by surprise. I'll have to check um, that out. Yeah, uh, Frost, Frosty, Frosted or Frosting, oh, I think it's cool. Mm. Um, yeah, really, uh, really good stuff. Nice. Um, I mean, I still love, you know, what, Dream Theater are putting out, for example, like their yeah. latest album. I could listen to that. That's that would lo- that's got a big shelf life for me. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm gonna come off this interview and just come up with a. Hook. I should have said. I should have said that. Jesus. <laughs> um, you know what? It's it's almost an unfair question because I'm probably pretty much with you. And people got to the end, and and you know, I'm seeing. Oh, vote for your favorite album of the year. I'm going. Oh yeah, Love. but I, I'd like them all just about equally I'm, I'm not choosing i'm done i'm walking away <laughs> I, I did a i did a little instagram thing with about 100 album covers um mm. saying oh i couldn't do a list this year because <laughs> everything was great uh so here's like 100 things that i've listened to and that i thought were great and yeah. and even after that i thought i left i left this out and, and then i heard something else that was yeah. released that year and like, oh god how did i miss how did i sleep on that record and I, so um yeah, I, I just can't. I just I can't do that question. <laughs> I, I saw that post. You just reminded me. I remember seeing that post, and and I, darn it, there was something I remember that sort of surprised me that was on there because it was something I was into as well. And again, it mm. would have been one of those unexpected things, considering you know your primary genre for which you're known. I remember thinking, check him out. He's listening to that too. Right. Good man. Right. And then I can't remember for the life of me what it was at this moment. It bothers me. I wish I did. There was um, there was an album that which kind of took me by surprise uh, by an artist called Shez, Shea Kane. I think I'm saying her first name wrong. Um, and it's it was released on Frontiers Records, and all the tracks sound like they could have been uh, on a Def Leppard or Bon Jovi album in the nineties. <laughs> and um, and she's a fantastic female vocalist from Birmingham. And mm. I was listening to that a lot. And I was, back in the lockdown, I was um. 
you know, going for a lot of jogs on the beach. Right. I lived in Bournemouth, so I'm near a nice beach here. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, listening to that album, I felt like I was on Baywatch or something. It was great. Um, <laughs> so so that, that's kind of a fun one. I do like fun records. I mean, honestly, I think it's and it's a big reason why a lot of the tracks on my solo album were like very accessible, mm-hmm. not, so, not so complicated pop songs that um, you could just kind of put on. In you uh, on a long car drive, you know, and just sort of have there, you know, not necessarily have to be too into it or analytical about it, and it's just music that's passing the time and creating a nice soundscape, and that's that's pretty much where I'm at as a yeah. con- consumer of music these days. Um, people send people send me stuff that's you know super complicated, and and I love it. I mean, it's absolutely incredible, but it's not something I would necessarily put on regularly mm-hmm. because. Yeah, maybe I'm just getting old. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Um, know. Arch Echo actually just it just reminded me because uh-huh. this this band was going through the Haken sort of chats and um, recently, and they're they're out there supporting Dream Theater at the moment. Oh yeah, a yeah. band called Arch Echo, uh, just absolutely phenomenal musicians, like incredible. Like, so um, uh, that's that's sort of the next band I'm sort of ready to sort of do uh, a deeper dive into. <laughs> Nice. Um, if I'm if I'm honest, um, yeah, I, I, I haven't heard it. Yeah, I haven't heard a hell a hell of a lot of their stuff, but um, but yeah, it's sounding sounding incredible. Yeah, it's hard to keep up. There's so it much really out is. there, and I'm so buried trying to keep. It's not like I was a 16 year old reading the lyric sheet and reading the liner notes and listening to something over and over again. Right. right. You know, because I could get one album in a month, and that was it. And there was no streaming. Yeah, you know, Stone Ages. <laughs> I mean, they weren't that. It wasn't so long ago, really. Yeah, it really wasn't. Yeah, the world um, has changed quite a bit. And that reminds me, as you talked about getting older. Happy birthday, sir! I know it was your birthday this week. That's right. Yeah, I was seventh um, of February. I'm an Aquarian. Ah, is, there um, you go. Part of the reason why the first album was based on Aquarius. <laughs> there you go. Um, Very cool. Yeah. Fun fact. Fun fact. Ray, posted, Ray was kind enough to post a picture of you aged up to probably about mm, late 50s early 60s oh yeah yeah that was cute <laughs> yeah raised a joker in the band this this is the this is his humor for sure <laughs> <laughs> all right so and so i don't miss anything uh Nivenna. uh they released a nice little ep back there with some again extending already fantastic music where do things stand with them future plans tour anything yeah. like that you expect down the road with them so we um a couple of weeks ago now we, we did a short very short so it was actually only four shows um but we called it a tour yeah. um supporting daniel Tompkins, who's the lead mm. singer of tesseract yeah he was out um doing some solo shows i think for the first time he'd ever wow. done those um and so that was really nice we had a half an hour set every night so nice nice sort of easing back into the live scene um, and it's great fun but um, it's a, it's another band where a, a member has left recently so we're in the process of thinking about who who we're going to use to replace mm. the uh, the second vocalist because um, I I did do some of the screaming vocals on on the shows that we've just done but it's not yeah. something I'm that into um, right. And I think we're we're welcoming a we're, we're looking to welcome in a, another member to replace somewhat uh, Gareth who did the screaming vocals on mm-hmm. on the uh, original stuff. But yeah, we we had a an EP 
which was a sister kind of product to the 11th Hour album. Right. Um, there was a lot of references uh, to that album on this EP. And it's, um, oh, yeah. it's great fun for anyone who wants to kind of look for Easter eggs and things like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I great. love that connection because it kind of continued that, you know, the, the stop clock and all that. And yeah. At the same time, could be a meta reference to living in a lockdown exactly. world during all that time. That was, that was so nicely done there. I like, I love that kind of. Yeah, that was very much the point. I'm glad you kind of picked up on that. <laughs> we were in a, in a place, everyone was in a place where, yeah, time had stopped in a way and the world, and that's, that's how we were all feeling. So it was, um, yeah. yeah, just very meta in that way, <laughs> connecting everything uh, to how we were, what we were experiencing. So yeah, yeah very deep. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> Enjoyable. I'm glad to hear there'll be more from them as well. Cause yeah, I know that Harrison, who's the chief songwriter, is, is uh, you know, he's he's involved in a lot of musical theatre um, for his sort of day job. Yeah. But, uh, now the Christmas season's over, he's I know that he's back in the, behind the drawing board conjuring up some new Novena magic. So, you know, I think I might be... Working on two albums this year, two new albums that are later this year. Yeah. <laughs> hey, when you're in demand, when you're busy, it can be a very good thing in your world. And I, I've noticed your name popping up elsewhere, <laughs> just in uh, uh, Arzine, uh, Here Be Dragons. Yeah, so that was a nice, fun little thing I've done. Um, yeah, very different, again, from yeah. anything else. It was uh, so Arzine, I, I clocked, I mean, this someone I've worked with um, Nico from Arzine is, yeah. is he features on the Christmas fun stuff that we do with Simon Sanders and we did a cover of uh, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You and mm. he was he featured on guitar on that track as well okay I did not um, pick up on that no. okay. so we had had that sort of connection and we sort of knew, knew each other over Facebook or whatever and uh, he's obviously a fan of the band as well um, and I checked out his the Arzine record that he put out in 2021, I think it was, very early 21. Yeah. And I really liked it, and I just had this nice ambient feel to it all, and I was very complimentary about it, and uh, he got in touch and wondered if I would be interested in perhaps singing on a future track, and, yeah. that, you know, late, later that year, eventually it came, that came to fruition. But, um, oh. and I'm, you know, I don't, I'm not sure if many people have really picked up on it <laughs> yet. I, I can't see that being a buzz but it's a if yeah. you check it out look for it Arzine with Ross Jennings and yeah. um, it's also co-written by um, Nick Littlemore who's sort of world famous um, now in this uh, in the sort of club and dance anthem world so <laughs> he's an Australian oh, musician wow. and uh, yeah check yeah. out his stuff they recently got a number one hit remixing a Dua Lipa and Elton John track so, um, okay. so he's a, that, that's his uh, sort of producer credit yeah, wow. doing very well for himself so to have his name attached and I was singing some of his lyrics you know they were yeah. sort of edited by me but that was really cool and um, and the other recent thing I'm really proud of is is working on the Star One album with Arian Anthony Lucason who's yeah. one of the, the nicest people in Prague I've ever come across <laughs> honestly yeah. noticed that one too I went yeah. oh, these folks he's everywhere now <laughs> um yeah, again, got this track that I um, sort of duetted with Mike Mills, yeah. another fabulous Australian musician. And uh, the result was, you know, so, uh, he chose the perfect track for me because I had 
sort of more of a proggy nature and <laughs> some of the um syncopated rhythmic vocals which we do in haken it just it, it was the perfect fit really for my voice <laughs> so yeah there's another one with a great ear for um for hearing like who's what singer would be perfect and um i haven't heard the whole record yet i'm waiting for my copy to arrive but nice. um but yeah I was, what a yeah very proud to have been asked to be part of that and i love the track yeah. hope everyone hope everyone else does too yeah i have listened to it it is very cool and uh the it for it it uh foretells an album that's probably going to be really really good and very high concept as well of course yeah yeah lucasen's known for that a little bit yeah tiny bit i mean when you roped in tom baker for stuff <laughs> and you know a little, little part of me is kind of hoping that he'll you know come come calling for me again someday on an Aryan record because that you know that would be really cool yeah but, uh, absolutely yeah I'll, I'll just keep praying on that one <laughs> and it's trust me it's not that i'm stalking you particularly but it actually I do still have my Spotify and the mm-hmm. release radar is really good at making sure the stuff I'm going to be interested in is popping up there every week. So the moment that um, you've done something, Oh look, there's Ross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to miss a thing. There you go. There's another Aerosmith reference for you. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, sir, I, Really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me again. It's good seeing you. Uh, I look forward to seeing you guys in May. I imagine everybody's always got this little bit of, okay, everything should be fine. I, I think we're rolling again. I'm not sure everything's fixed, but it seems like fans have finally worked it out and they're comfortable because you know the, I've seen a couple of shows really since November mm-hmm. and uh, it doesn't seem like we're having that rolling blackout of canceled concerts going sure. on anymore or delayed concerts. So it looks like we can feel reasonably confident that May rolls around, you'll be out on tour with Symphony X and Trope, and I'll be there yeah, to watch. I think the main thing is that we need um, people to have the confidence that these shows are going ahead because um, the hesitancy in purchasing the tickets is yeah. really a- affecting a lot of the tours. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be honest with you. And, um, you know, when when you see that there's a chunk of the tour that, which is not selling very well, um, promoters get worried, you know, and uh, yeah. the, the tour budget, looks strained and you know the the tour the, the the people behind the tour start to panic you know so i think you know the best advice is to um you know make that dedication um you know hope hope for the best that's going to happen you're not going to lose money you know these tours will get re, uh, you know rescheduled if they don't go ahead but um, yeah, we just need a bit of faith uh, for the industry to kick off again. I think that's yeah, that's the key. <laughs> fingers crossed, and and as well with the cruise to the edge. Fingers crossed that goes well for you. I hope. Uh, I wish I could be there. I, I was back and forth with it, but as it turns out, um, a couple of weeks before that, I'll be in the UK. So <laughs> yeah, that's where my money was spent. <laughs> we were well, It's a nice place to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, our, our concern was whether the cruise was will go ahead. Um, that's obviously a different beast yeah. to, to you know venues on on land, but um, I think the Monsters of Rock cruise just set sail yeah. maybe yes yesterday possibly, and um, it's like you know that's, that's so far so good that's looking like it's all going to plan. So yeah, um, if that's a, if that's a success, then the other cruises should go ahead. So yeah, yeah. fingers fingers crossed, everyone. Seems they're the first ones dipping their toes in the pool. That will be I the mean, test I, run. I haven't been in a hot tub 
for two years. You know, I, I, I need it. Yeah, <laughs> so, all right. Well, with that thought, thank you for your time. I appreciate you talking to me. It's been great. And uh, I wish you all the continued success. Seems like it's all coming your way. And uh, I'll look to that future producer credit under your name as sure. well. It's probably one of the few things that I don't know that you've done yet. So, yeah, I've, I've got a lot of um, education that I need before go. I can before I can do that <laughs> and experience. But uh, who knows? Yeah, absolutely. Who knows? All right. Well, thanks again, Ross, for joining. Thanks me. for having me. Yeah, appreciate it. Everybody, Ross Jennings of Haken of. Virgilio, Morse, and Jennings, LLC. No, kidding. Nevena, <laughs> and many other things as well as solo artists. Ross, thanks again. Take care, my friend. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Bye-bye. And that's my extended conversation with Ross Jennings. Keep in mind, De Virgilio, Morse, and Jennings release their debut album, Troika, on February 25th. Ross Jennings' solo debut, A Shadow of My Future Self, already out and available wherever you can find it. And of course, Haken's Virus, Novena's The Stopped Clock, and all the other great stuff he's been working on is all out there and available. There's nothing held back at this point in time until Haken really starts to work on their newest material in earnest. And I'm sure they'll get that out to us as quickly as they can. In the meantime, get ready. Haken's going to be on tour. They're going to be at the Cruise to the Edge in May. And wouldn't you just love to be there with them? Thanks again to Ross Jennings for joining me for this extended conversation once again. Look forward to talking to him and some of the other folks at Haken, hopefully, down the road. Thank you for joining me once again for Bleeding Edge interviews. Just a quick reminder, you can find me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you haven't already, please check out my other interviews. They are available wherever you find podcasts. Just search under Toxic Radio. They are also available through ToxicRadio.net as well as the free Toxic Radio app. Meanwhile, remember Bleeding Edge is on every Saturday, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time, featuring only the best in prog metal, alt metal, and anything else that rocks hard and pushes the boundaries. This is Super Dave signing off. 